The worst horror movie I ever saw was fucking great. Hello and welcome to This May Hurt a Bit. My name is James Strayer and this is... John C. Myers. And we are a horror franchise podcast discussing each film in popular and not so popular franchises. And today we are discussing Pet Cemetery Bloodlines from 2023 from, I don't know, four weeks ago or something. This is <laughs> hot, off the, hot off the press, hot off the biscuit, you know, right here. Um, yeah. Probably our most recent film. Uh, as far as uh, the, the calendar the, goes, an emergency podcast. There, there you go. Yeah, we did somehow. Somehow, Pet Cemetery Bloodlines did not qualify for emergency pod. But yeah, this was more like threat level orange. This wasn't full on, right? Uh, yeah, this is one of. I was curious about Bloodlines just because I thought that the timing would work out when we were trying to decide our next uh, franchise, and I was like, oh, David Duchovny's in it oh, this looks like it goes a little bit more into the old folk horror type of stuff. That might be pretty good. Sorry. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. This I, I, it's, it's a little bit like it should have been called Pet Cemetery. My fault for asking. Right. There you uh, go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I feel like I got a little wish mastered on this mm-hmm. in that, you know, the previous ones were like, oh, what if what if they focus a little bit more on like a thing that tied it all together or, you know, these these questions that you know, Andrew Divoff apparently heard us and went, your wish is granted (laughs) and gave us this. Right. This is just so forgettable and lazy. It sucks because, and and I'll probably say this a few times during this, but this is one of those cases where there's enough bits that I like, or, or just like enough general stuff that I'm usually a sucker for, but even I couldn't get behind it this time. I like the uh, sins of the father, family histories all coming together. I like, you know, a lot of the folk horror masks and stuff like that, but it just never, never meant anything here. No. And this is, this one was written again, Jeff Bueller, who did the last one mm-hmm. uh, came back for this one uh, as well as it was also co-written by the director, uh, Lindsay Anderson beer. Mm-hmm. And this is her directorial debut having just done before this, uh, writing a romantic comedy. Mm-hmm. So, and I don't want to, you know, there've been plenty of people, uh, uh, we we've done movies with people that, you know, aren't necessarily like horror's always been their thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, obviously Mary Lambert came from music video background. Yep. Tom McLaughlin from Friday the 13th. I don't know why all my references are. I always just go back to that series, yes. <laughs> but, right. uh, like he was not really a big horror guy, but, Boy, does Lindsay Anderson beer just not have a knack for horror. Yeah. And and I think some of the, the laziness and the kind of sketch stuff, fee, I, I want to put more at the feet of Jeff Bueller because the previous set Pet Cemetery kind of felt like that, like not really fleshed out characters. Right. You know, it being a more low budget, straight to their streaming service kind of thing. Like, I don't know, corporate involvement and mm-hmm. all this stuff, but like there were just so many decisions made in this that I find kind of baffling. Yeah. This, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to know, especially because maybe with the, and I don't know if there's truth to this or not, but like if it's a company like Paramount, they probably have a lot of people putting their thoughts into something, especially for a first time director. And I don't blame her at all for taking the gig. Cause like, heck yeah. If someone offered me a pet cemetery movie, I'd do it. Yeah, <laughs> you sure. know? I mean like this, and I get very much the sense that seeing, um, What's what's next up for Lindsay Anderson beer? Because despite wanting to do more uh, Pet Cemetery, right now, there's not a lot more on the books. Mm-hmm. But this thing came out October 6th. So, right. Uh, but right now, what's up next uh, for her writing wise is a, a screenplay of the King Killer Chronicle, 
which some people are excited about. That's a, a, that fantasy series by Patrick Rothfuss. Right. Not a fan, but that's a different podcast, I suppose. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, Mask, uh, Mobile Armored Strike Command, that 80s cartoon. Oh, goodness. Visionaries, Knights of the Magical Light, also an 80s cartoon. Uh, a remake of Short Circuit. So, you know. Content. Working like crazy. Yeah. Good, good for her. Right. Absolutely. But yeah, definitely a person that, that like works on a number of different number of different things. A, a, a hired gun, so to speak. Sure. Sure. And yeah, must have been a thrill to get mm-hmm. to make a Pet Cemetery movie. And I don't want to take that away from her at all, but it just feels just kind of bland. Just it, bland. I, I, it sucks. I'll go further than bland. <laughs> right. This thing blows on an, on just a number of levels. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not even David Duchovny could uh, bring life to this. And um, no. and I'm such a fan. And someone needed to bring life to David Duchovny. Oh, I know. Yeah. Poor guy. I didn't even know that this was a period piece. Like, I didn't even know that this was the Judd Crandall story. Like, I just, I didn't watch any trailers or anything like this. I was just like, I did one of those things where I'm just like, well, I got a horror franchise podcast, so I know I'm going to watch this crap sometime soon. (laughs) So (laughs) I didn't even like have to convince myself to watch it. Um, But uh, yeah, at the opening, I was like, oh, fun, a 60s period piece, like Uh 1969, like. That could be fun. I don't know. And then when I realized that it was the Judd Crandall story, I thought, yep. oh, man, this ah crap. Yeah, I had the same thing that kind of like the slow dawning horror of realizing it was going to be about Judd Crandall, because ultimately and, and this will probably come up a lot. If this is indeed true, if this all happened. Oh, good. Call. None of what Judd does makes any sense in the other one. Yes. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is definitely a prequel to the t- 2019 one, because I can't imagine Fred Gwynn's Judd doing any of this no not at all but you know and we don't have to go off on a prequel tangent but this is why prequels so seldomly work for me because you have to just look forward into the future and be like that wouldn't come out that way if if right. the prequel was effective you know yeah like after all the stuff that happened in this all like the stuff that's supposed to be deeply meaning to you, you're like well, what if i did a cat right like <laughs> it just doesn't really yeah feel pretty uh, uh ridiculous yeah where to begin uh we open on a just a a, sh- a shot of david duchovny like uh trying to bury something we're not even sure and uh his dog gets scared by some sort of jump scare immediately don't know what it is it's something in the ground i don't know at this point i had no idea that it's bill baderman of course so he's he buries his son who like apparently buried him in the express lane of the pet cemetery because he comes back immediately again the timing mm-hmm. and yeah we get a jump scare that leads us into the opening so yeah right here i'm just like oh it's a 1969 setting this is going to be kind of fun and oh my god what happened to crandall all beefed up and hotty in 1969 <sighs> yeah th- i mean i'm not saying that john lithgow wasn't super hot when he was young but like this guy is just a gleaming specimen mm-hmm. of a man that uh i just can't believe in any shit way shape or form I, I just like when people are that attractive i'm like yeah but I, I don't know what you're gonna offer to the film yeah i mean he, and he's hunky and the movie like spends a lot of time with him like in tank tops and stuff like that or like exactly being naked. in yeah. fact at one point yeah another Showing character comments on on his body but the same thing right. we're like and i think this is just a you know could be a, a function of getting old but the same thing with the woman that plays norma uh, natalie allen lynn um mm-hmm. I'm, I'm lifting this joke directly from writer brandy jensen who said it about jessica beale you have a face that knows what text messaging is 
Like I can't, you're, you don't, I'm not <laughs> buying you as a sixties person. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I can't say anything about her performance cause they don't give her anything to do. Right. This whole series has not been great on women, women characters. And, and this one's not, not too different in that regard. Yeah. They're, they're kind of left to just be dealing with their husbands and or boyfriends burying stuff and suffering the consequences. Yeah. Or in, or in this case, like routinely terrorized and taken out of the picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why is she in this? Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. We find out that uh, young Judd is on his way to the Peace Corps, and this is his only characteristic pretty much throughout the entire movie. He just wants to help people. He's altruistic. Nothing in his performance sells that, but they kept get coming back to the Peace Corps, but it does remind me of one of my favorite things that I think is a joke in some of the early Twin Peaks episodes where they keep piling on all the altruistic things that Laura Palmer does oh, yeah, yeah. to the point where, where they're just like, is it true that you uh, that she delivered Meals on Wheels to elderly shut-ins? And I'm just like, this is amazing. <laughs> like They're building her up to be the most amazing person. Yeah. But Judd, it's just constantly like i want to help people i want to be altruistic i want to get out of town i'm like well you're so bland in wanting to do that too only moment that that he has some kind of like depth of character at least in this opening part is is when he runs into david Duchovny, like grocery shopping oh uh norman and i are going to michigan tomorrow we are joining the peace corps i just want to be with norma and that's what she wants to do so I guess that's what oh, I'm doing. Okay. Like, it's tiny, yeah. but th- it's something there. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll give that to right. Jackson White, who played Judd Crandall. But the rest of the time, it is just like, I'm just a hunky do-gooder. That's that's it. Just call me Superman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um, yeah. So that's that's they're going to Michigan to join the Peace Corps. I don't know why right. Michigan, but that's where they they, they want to go. And I also just like sure Judd's a peacenik. It's it's yeah. just I kind of have to keep telling myself this is a prequel to the not Fred Gwynn version because I'm like I I don't mm-hmm. think f- Fred Gwynn would do this <laughs> like, like like that Fred Gwynn isn't playing a character. Uh, but you know that Judd would that version of Judd. I don't know and just like the fact that he comes from like these liberal parents just seemed very like yeah that was totally mm-hmm. small towns in the sixties. <laughs> but you know yeah exactly. Whatever. Crandall's are having dinner. Uh, says he saw Bill Baderman, uh talks about his son is back with the honorable discharge, Silver Star, the works. And this is where I started putting together that this is the uh, the characters from each version's backstory database of just saying, like, this is the father whose son came back from the war who he buried in the pet cemetery. Immediately, I've mentioned already, I'm going to mention it again several times since they lean on this pretty heavily. Just watch Death Dream. Just go watch that. Right. Go watch Bob Clark's death dream. So good and does whatever this tries to do so much better in that regard. Cause I thought it was going to be just that, which I wasn't necessarily against mm-hmm. of like, cause that's a lot, there's a lot of interesting stuff there and then stuff that, that still could be mine, mine differently, whatever. Oh no, no, that's, they're not gonna do anything involving character. Don't worry about that. Which by the way, speaking of characters, did you recognize who played Judd's dad? Yes. Henry, Henry Thomas shown up again mm-hmm. in an unfortunate sequel like psycho four. And he's been in some yep. other ones too. Uh, yes. He's been in a lot of Stephen King movies actually, like four or five of them. Mm-hmm. Um, Even your favorite. Mm-hmm. I was trying to avoid talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> we won't for the sake of Dan. For the sake of Dan. <laughs> That's for you, Dan. Yeah. So they're talking about how he's back from the war, but they don't want Judd to go to the war because, you know, the war's the Vietnam war is bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, but hey, Judd, well, I'm going to go watch hockey tryouts tonight. 
that was a father son thing. I know you're leaving town, but let's go. Let's go do that. By the way, before we before we get too far in, down to there, when when Judd runs into David Duchovny at the grocery store, it happens because Judd is looking at an old photo of him, his friend Manny. Yes. And uh, and Tim and Timmy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and pay attention to that photo because that's the most backstory you're getting about these people. That's going to do all the heavy about lifting those three guys about their relationships mm-hmm. That photo. So pay attention to that one. Takes place in the treehouse. You guys just got to know three boys in a treehouse. That means summertime chums, no matter what. So they go to the hockey uh, practice to get some some nice hockey. And and uh, this is kind of when I started to get worried about the the actual like filmmaking about this movie. Mm-hmm. During the hockey tryouts, there's all of a sudden a close up on a guy in another dimension. Apparently, I saw that one. Yep. Yes. It's just a close up of him. And Rough. he's apparently the announcer. And it's yes, like, oh, hey, <laughs> thanks for coming out. Also, by the way, th- we posted draft information, yeah. which I don't know how how that worked at all. I think it, a small town, like a community center would have that kind of information because it's just like putting up a notice yeah. and that kind of thing. Sure. That's fine. But just it was the fact that it was just like, oh, so all we're getting to this guy is a close up and no idea of really where he is in relation to anyone else mm-hmm. or anything. All right. right. Well, that's a way to do it. Right. But then I was later to learn that's going to be a reoccurring theme. Yeah. It, it, that's one of those kind of things that you only like you once you start picking up on, you really start mm-hmm. picking up on it. And it is so disorienting. I mean, it's not quite necessarily like crossing the line, as they say, like the the division yeah, line the or whatever. Yeah. But it is like one of those filmmaking things of like, you just have to like establish where people are within context of each yeah. other. Otherwise, they just look completely removed. Yeah from from the rest of the action like, even if it wasn't as close up on him as he was like if it was a little bit further out but like i could see oh he's in a booth or something like, mm-hmm. no he is just close up on this guy somewhere judd and his dad uh they go check out the lottery numbers for the draft to anybody younger listening look up the the draft lottery in the 60s because it'll this will never not be horrific to me and you know there are other movies that you know do this far better than Pet Cemetery bloodlines, <laughs> but the idea that you can be 17 or 18 years old, your number comes up and you're shipped off mm-hmm. to um, Vietnam to fight a war. Just, I'm going to go on record. That sounds terrible. Yeah, no, I think I appreciate yeah. your bravery, and I'm going <laughs> to thank you. Know, you. I'm back you on that. I'm you know. yeah. Thanks. You know, I do it. I do it for I the troops. Jim. But um, hashtag. Right. But <laughs> um. So, yeah, at this point, you know, Judd finds out he's been skipped over. We don't get a sense that he wants to go to Vietnam, but there is a little bit of that sense. I think what they're trying to go for that other better movies have done where a young man is just like, why do I keep getting skipped over? It's not like I want to go, but I feel like there's something beyond me being acted on me. Yes. And I'm also just as masculine as everybody else that should be going to fight in this war. That's an interesting psychology to me. Not saying they achieved it here, but that's what they're going for. And that's also like you, you during the scene as well, you also get, uh, get to see his friend Manny and you could tell it's Manny because he's dressed the exact same way he's dressed in the old photo of them <laughs> but uh that that manny is played by forrest Goodluck, who is absolutely amazing in how to blow up a pipeline can't recommend that movie mm-hmm. enough can't recommend his performance enough good stuff and he's not bad here but it's another thing of like right yeah you know, they didn't give him a lot to do uh but he's right. a, he's a uh a troubled native american buddy of uh of judd mm-hmm 
Judd talks to the mayor, and we find out that uh, from the mayor that uh, Judd will be the first Crandall to leave town, which doesn't make sense until later on in the film. Dad's proud, all that kind of stuff. After Judd walks off, the mayor did mention that they found an open grave the size of a dog. Uh, the mayor is, sorry, uh, talking to, that's he's talking to he's Pam talking Greer, to right? Pam Greer as, as Marjorie Washburn. Show your respect, everybody. Yeah. The mayor is talking to Pam, to Pam Greer. Greer. Show your respect, mayor. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And there's all these, like, it, there's a couple of furtive glances uh, during the hockey thing as well. Like the, um, I, I don't know if furtive is the right, the right word, but uh, where like Dan Crandall is like, makes eye contact with the sheriff and it seems kind of sketchy. Yeah. The, yeah. That these two people are talking about the, you know, this Greg being dug up and the history of the Crandalls. And again, like this movie not being great to him. And I thought they kind of let, let Pam Greer down a bit. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, like, like a lot of us, she's getting up there in, in years. So, I mean, I don't necessarily need to see her doing the same stuff she was doing in coffee, but it's like, oh man, just, you had, it's right. Pam Greer. Have her do something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the next scene, uh, Judge Judd pulls out, leaves his folks as they wave. It's very Wonder Years scene. He's uh, departing for the final time. He's out of Ludlow forever. Yeah. It gives one final look at the treehouse that we all know and love so much and means so much to all of us and will be. We'll spend so much time in that tree house. Judd and his girlfriend are talking about uh, where they might get stationed. And he once again just wants to serve, man. He's so he, he wants to help people. Yeah. To your point, he's probably just going with Norma because right. he doesn't know what else to do. Just as they're excited to leave, a bird crashes into their windshield. So in a really gross, messed up dog stops the car in front of them. Doesn't physically right. stop the car with a paw. I mean, I mean but like, <laughs> would be it's cool. just a funny He's just on yeah. his hind legs, like arm on hip. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> it was just a funny edit yeah. because it's just like, so the bird hits the windshield, they stop, and then you realize a dog then, is out there. Was the dog using mind powers I don't, or nature powers or something? I don't know. I don't think anyone was using mind powers in this movie, but um, <laughs> uh, no, I think they, they, yeah, they hit the bird and then like they managed to top right in front of the dog or something. Mm -hmm. The, the dog, it's sitting like it's taken a dump. I, yeah. I'm sorry. I don't know how else to describe it. <laughs> the way when it cuts to it, it's like, he looks sick. And he's just like, Bleh. right. Well, he is back from the grave. I guess that's true. I don't know how much that mm -hmm. backs you up, uh, but uh, right. <laughs> it's, a, it's a pretty sickly looking dog. Right. So like, well, that's no. Timmy's dog. We got to take it back to Timmy. So they go to Timmy's yep. house, which is, of course, fallen into disarray. Apparently, um, mm -hmm. uh, David Duchovny has been very upset by uh, the loss of his son. They don't know that the son actually died, but uh, mm -hmm. so it's pretty crappy. And I did like the shot when they first see like they, they're approaching very cautiously because it's kind of creepy and timmy which is just a great name for a villain like just talk to them through a hole in the screen I and it was very like, like it just shot. starts his face and kind of makes it look, look like skullish and i thought that was mm -hmm. that was kind of a neat setup yeah for sure so timmy starts taunting him about not going to war you think you would have lasted one day in real combat because i think that you'd piss yourself so bad that you set off a minefield and that you're lucky that old Dan Crandall paid off that doc to keep you out of the war. How is that a um, a taunt? Because I know I personally yeah. wouldn't last one day out there. Well, it was a different time. People were trying to be masculine. And he also, he also tells him he would, he would pee himself so much it would set off a minefield. Which right. I was just more, I was trying to work out the logistics of that. I missed some of the follow-up. But I was like, how? That's a, first right. of all, that's a lot of pee. And are you peeing mm -hmm. at the mine? Are you on, on the mines? The mine? Like, I don't know. 
Yeah. Dude, I need Are a, you waiting yourself down? You got a whiteboard, Timmy? I know this is 60, but yeah. I need to see the raw data for this joke. <laughs> Out of nowhere, the, the dog attacks Norma, bites her arm, something fierce, and uh, Timmy fires a rifle into the sky to call it the dog. Uh, this gore stuff is actually kind of brutal looking. Evidently, they got to stay for a few nights at the hospital before they can escape Ludlow. So this, this drove me nuts for a couple of reasons. One being that that dog attack is nothing but close-ups. Oh, that's true too. It's like they got their fight choreography from the Russos. Like it's just nothing but close-ups. Yeah. <laughs> you have no real idea what's happening. Uh, you you can see the dogs biting mm-hmm. her arm, but then it's just all just done in close-up. Sure. I like I, I thought the gore effects were, were decent, but I just I I did not like that. And then when he fires a gun, dog gets called off. He takes her to the hospital. This is the very next scene. They're in the hospital. Mm-hmm. He has flashbacks to the dog attack. We're having flashbacks to the scene that just happened. What are you doing? (laughs) Right. Also, you don't need to have flashbacks to the dog attack even later in the movie. We just saw it. I mean, it's 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 a thing that drives me nuts. And I think some of that comes from doing this podcast and watching movies like silent night, deadly night part two, which they made for like a day or they, you know, they have like yeah. a, you know, a, just a few days to shoot, but you're, you're working a movie for paramount. Yeah. <laughs> What's <Right>. happening here? <laughs> sure. Who decided on that edit? <laughs> yeah. Judd runs into Manny and they chat on a bench about uh, Timmy and how he's all weird now and not the kid they used to hang out with in, in their treehouse. Norma got attacked by, Timmy's dog. Shit. She okay? Mm-hmm. I think. Timmy just watched. Like he was looking right through it, like he wasn't there or something. And Manny's just, you know, solemn, I guess. Judd goes to see Timmy and he's standing over a disemboweled cow uh, with bloody hands. Uh, Billy Bitterman shows up and, uh, oh, weird. Timmy is just gone now. But we just saw a flashback. What was this? So he just disappears. No, see, that's what I thought at first. That's what I thought when I was first watching it. I, I, I thought that was the case because he comes up and, and you just see Timmy's back and he's standing over the dog. It's all kind of like trippy. The camera's wavy and just close up. You just see Timmy mostly silhouetted. He's staring into the sun. And I, first I thought it was like a premonition or hallucination or something. Mm-hmm. But you can hear on on, on, few, on subsequent watchings, when David Duchovny shows up, you can hear a of him running away. Oh, gotcha. Which makes so much less sense than the previous. I mean, the first yeah. one is kind of like a cheap, you know, like, oh, we right, just right. need to add some yeah. gore here. This doesn't necessarily fit in with the plot or anything else, but it would still like would have set a mood or been interesting. But to have him scamper mm-hmm. away. Yeah. What? It's almost like they had to shoot the rest of that scene on a day that Timmy wasn't right, available. Was, and so they had to fix that, stitch it together in the edit with a with a foley of him running off. Yeah. Or there's something they got rid of that would have connected that. And so they yeah, it just it's oh, very strange. Yeah. Cause then David Duchovny comes out and I swear to God, I'll stop talking about this. But uh, he's very standoffish because, you know, Judd's asking mm-hmm. some questions and what's going on. And they they kind of have a tete-a-tete. And then when Judd sort of like steps forward, you get a close-up of David Duchovny. Again, this is just close-ups between them talking. And then yeah. uh, David Duchovny has a shovel and you see his close-up of his hands tightening on the shovel. And then Judd and close-up backs up. At no point is there any kind of like idea of where these characters are with each other or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Nope. It's just, let's just get this out of the way. Let's just this. This yeah. is what needs to be presented. You, you need to just have this information of what they're saying and that he's not happy. Let's just mm-hmm. move on. And it's just right. it's really 
awful. <laughs> it's just crummy filmmaking. Yeah. And it really drove me nuts. You just need a good wide yeah, shot just right there. Something. Let me just let, like the beginning of an action yeah. on the wide cut to the close. Can we pretend yeah. that these two characters are in the same scene? Just can we can we just try right. that? You know, there's an implication in this scene that uh, that Daddy Crandall uh, bought Judd's way out of serving in the war somehow, yes. which I guess was a thing. Yeah, then. because but, uh, this is something that we brought up in the previous ones in the book with it, with this story, rather than sort of the zombie version of him that was in the uh, 89 pet cemetery. Mm-hmm. When, when the, he was confronted by the townspeople, he started telling them like secrets about themselves. Secrets. I like that. Timmy is doing this a lot. Timmy has already like said stuff and the joy about like his dad paying people off. And then I think he, yeah, and this becomes a reoccurring theme that this is what the the dead do. They're blabbermouth. They're, they're they gossips. Are. The dead are gossips. They're just messy bitches that love drama. <laughs> right. Which again was something that was like, that's cool. What if we explored that? And then this movie went, I hear yeah. you. <laughs> right. Not this way. Yeah. Um, Judd goes back to his parents' house and asks his dad why Billy Baderton knows why he's been pushing Judd to leave town. There's a quick shot of his mom's ankle looking a little gnarly yeah. as she leaves to go make Norma a pie. This never comes back up. No. Was it, was it a tattoo? Like, I, was it a knife wound? I, I couldn't figure out what was going on there. Yeah, it's just, I thought there was some sort of like implication, like was she buried in the pet cemetery like last yeah. night or something? Like, I don't know. You know, of course not. But like they draw attention to this weird thing on her ankle and then it never is resolved. So they get in a little argument about protecting him. Everything we've done in our whole goddamn lives has been to protect you. Okay, okay. I, I, I don't need you to protect me, Dad. You do. If you won't, get the hell out of Ludlow. So Dad's just pushing him to get out of Ludlow this whole time. Cut to Timmy making a list of names that don't mean anything to us. I think that you can kind of see Crandall, but I'm not sure. We don't know if they're people names, place names, anything. They're just names. And he's also fidgeting with his skin on his finger, which comes sliding off into a bloody mess. Now that was creepy. I did like that, really compared mm-hmm. to some of the other effects that happened later. But like when, yeah, he just starts peeling it and it's, it just stays on this one shot for a long time. It's like just this grape jelly comes out of his finger and it was disgusting. Really liked that. Yep. Uh, it, it, yeah, yeah. kind of made up for like what's going on here because this movie doesn't give you a lot of Timmy is always this other and is always outside. You don't ever really get this other than this scene. Like you don't really get a sense of like what's going on with him and, and David Duchovny's character, their struggle or whatever. It's always just everyone reacting to what he's doing. Yeah. So I feel like that was a real missed opportunity there because I thought that mm-hmm. could be, I thought the, the, the actor playing him, uh, Jack Mulhern was pretty interesting and I could have watched a lot more of him. Yeah. Pam Greer in a cowboy hat sees the dog and uh, Timmy approach. I heard you were home. Am I home? Because I don't know. I'm starting to think home is just another box. You know, like a mailbox or like a coffin. Just a place to store our shit and pretend that we're not nothing for the little time we got left. Because that's... That's what your dad said right before he hung himself, huh? Uh, Again, getting into the drama of the town Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, knowing some secrets. And then the movie just sort of cuts away. That concept of either like, here's your deepest, darkest secrets is is a a really interesting one in in the, the story that Judd tells in the book. 
it's it just seems like it adds to the horror of like well this thing's back and it's somehow knows something about us or whatever and i know and i realize that's not enough to sustain an entire movie but just if something was done with that if it was like oh they're causing it's like needful things where they're causing havoc in the town because like people are finding out other secrets secrets are getting out secrets coming out or just like yeah it never matters it it emotionally affected people and and alter their lives in any way other than just like well now i feel bad right before you kill me which is most of the time it was well unless 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 um, the secret is told to Judd and then he goes to confront his that's father about it. Get. So there's a little yeah, that's, bit of that. That's the closest yeah, you get. That's the closest. Um, and, and like, f- fair mm-hmm. enough. But I just think like for the amount of times that they do it, like, cause it doesn't matter when he says it to Pam and to Pam Anderson, Pam, uh, Pam Greer, uh, very different <laughs> yep. movie. <with> Pam Anderson. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just kind of wish they would have, would have done more of it. Cause again, like I, I yeah. like this kid's performance. Um, uh, I like this guy's performance, mm-hmm. Jack Mulhern. Pam Greer calls the mayor and just says, this is how it's, starts you really think bill buried timmy this is how it starts just stirring up shit yeah you're right that's how it starts stir shit up knowing your secrets your darkest thoughts playing with its food then people start dying well so much for drama okay i'll see you at the see you at the yep. diner um <laughs> i'm like that's how you're gonna unveil all this stuff and already this setting in motion this this thing that that have that starts to build throughout it this idea that there's been this secret society of people fighting against it which is mm-hmm. such ya bullshit which is like like you're just right. you, you're moving it away from horror into dark fantasy oh, yeah. because part of the horror of all this is that they're just people mm-hmm. they're just regular people like you and me any of this could happen to, but as soon as you start this whole like there's this secret cadre of fighters and protectors then it's not horror it doesn't feel as horror-y anymore particularly like with this series and as a prequel sure again like does not make sense for judd going forward or any of it but just that no one in town knows any of this and well it's not like it's it's not like they do like they're just five families or whatever that are that know the secret it's not like they like are the forces that stand against the darkness or anything like that even but they make it seem like that i think right well that's what i mean like yeah it's just like they don't have any cool powers they're not in a weird pet cemetery cult or anything like that they just sort of right. know well, about if it, it was that well known enough that you had to have the secret group why don't you fucking do something about it you know what like right. why don't you yeah. do more than just like well we put a bunch of sticks there to prevent people from getting there what else can we do like that's the maximum amount of yep. our powers it just it kind of falls apart under scrutiny sure yeah the uh the mayor holds a meeting with the sheriff and judd's dad and pam greer shows up a little worse for wear marjorie what oh my what happened i killed Baderman's fucking dog so she's got a big scratchy face now because she got mm-hmm. bit by the dog timmy awkwardly approaches a party and asks to dance with Donna, Manny's sister, who obliges until Manny has had enough and tackles him. Uh, Timmy starts talking about how Manny and Donna will never get out of Ludlow. So this is the one time that Timmy does interact with the rest of the yeah. townspeople. And uh, it's just too much for Manny. And this this party, I don't know, this party seemed very like decorated like a current party. With like the Christmas lights or whatever, it just felt like it didn't, oh, yeah, yeah. nothing about it seemed mm-hmm. very 60s to me. Because uh, uh, this sure. is, by the way, this is we ha- we have been introduced to Donna Rivers, Manny's sister. Yes. Um, who has been making these cool masks. She's been having these dreams and dreaming these masks. 
and making them. And I think it's a way to try to tie this. Eventually they'll try to tie it to the, the, the Micmac stuff and like that these were protecting mm-hmm. ancient people, but it doesn't really do that or go anywhere. Yeah. She says something about like her grandmother has appeared to her. Like, and it, there's this like generational thing with them as well. That it just never feels. Yeah. I mean, that's so much a problem with a lot of this is that just none of it's fleshed out. Um, same thing with mm-hmm. Donna. Like as soon as, we get the scene of like Manny coming into the party and there's Donna and she like sees him and blows blows bubbles at him. I'm like, Oh, this person right. is dead. And I'm going to see that exact same shot. And yeah. Yep. yep. Hmm. There you go. And yeah. you did. Yeah. It's also a little weird when he, when Timmy comes up to dance with her because the music like cuts out right as they start dancing and it didn't feel like the song ended. It just feels like they just, the soundtrack stopped being Someone that song. The They're like, there's no more right. music. And <laughs> yeah. so I, don't, I don't know. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's just another bit of awkward filmmaking. Judd hears something outside his window while he's sleeping, runs outside in his boxers with a rifle and cowboy boots, uh, finds a photo from his childhood with the other kids' faces burned out, that photo, Mm -hmm. and uh, burned out with a cigarette. Manny jumps in through the window while Judd has his rifle trained on him, and this line did make me laugh, actually. Fuck. Just use the front door. Are you okay? Here. I'm good. Oh shit! Why are you sexy? Uh, when he sees them in the boxes and boots, that yeah, didn't make I got me a, laugh. I got a kick out of that exchange. It, it was funny that yeah, his his dad is sitting outside for some reason, and um, yeah, but Judd is just hot as hell in his boxers. Yeah, goes out, finds that that <laughs> thing, and then then confronts Manny. They sit in the truck and they burn the yeah. old photo. And this is where they decide they need to go to the old town records that are held in the church. And I got excited. Yeah, they can't have the conversation in his room. They have to go to his truck to have the conversation for some. That's truck talk. Yeah, there you go. You know, truck times talk. were different then. Uh, you know, <laughs> manly mm-hmm. men talked in trucks. I did get excited for this part because I was like, "Ooh, we're going to get, you know, the the hunting through old books montage. Uh, yeah. We're going to get some backstory, like studying in the library and stuff like that. And they do find... This old drunk priest <sighs> in in the uh, in the church for some reason. He's the keeper of knowledge. Yeah, which like I would have rather they gone to the library because like they just walk into the to the church and the priest like, oh, I'm a drunk priest because this is giving a character depth. Then they just immediately are reading books that he has. And he's like, I found them in an, yeah. in an organ. Read them now. Why are you here? Yeah. Why, why is this happening? Just go to a library. And also, you know, if he's the keeper of this knowledge, it's just like, so anytime these two uh, teenagers walk through, he's just like, yeah, I've got some weird old yeah. shit that I could tell you about right here. Like, there's no prompting that I really remember of that. Right. Or just, yeah, not examining why he's just excited to hang out with with two hot boys, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I don't know. But just like, yeah, they, they're selling like that's where the town records are. I find that makes sense. But I would have rather have them like gone through, would have been more to go through town records than to just it, it just seemed like a video game have everything yeah prepared. just seemed like a video game thing where it's like oh here's a guy talking to town, town records select show me the records dialogue and he goes oh here you go like that was it yeah and now we get to the probably my favorite part of the movie and i wish they would have done a little bit more with it i liked this bit we, too it's a kind of amazing that the 1600s looked better than 1969 yes. as far as costuming and, and effects go because we get a prequel for a prequel and honestly i was thinking a little bit yeah. about eyes of fire which i probably just i just recently watched it Yes. And just that thing of these, the, in the flashback, uh, the person that, that wrote it is searching for Ludlow. Ludlow and his men were tossed with finding fertile land, and he found something. Commander Williams and myself and the men have been traveling inland for seven days now. 
hoping to find Ludlow. They discover, like, as, as they get further, like, some creepy shit. They find out that the Native Americans have left that area because of crop rot, which is a great word. Mm-hmm. I want to just, yeah, That's a great just name. for anything. Yeah. Um, sounds mm-hmm. like a kind of German rock or something like, oh, are you listening to some crop rock? <laughs> right. And, but then they, they come across this very desolate land where there's one guy in a mask, uh, uh, neighbor guy in a mask, like hitting a drum. And they start asking him what happened to Ludlow. And he says, Ludlow's with the land now. And they find Ludlow who's eating a guy. Yeah. Reminded me of ravenous. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit like, little, yeah. I mean, and the same kind of thing, but like this just is over so quick. Yeah. And then the fact that they're like, the name of the town Ludlow. Remind them of their sins. Really? Would you name it after the guy that killed Ludlow and saved everyone? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't think that worked real well. And, you know, they do try to do some stuff like, you know, death is different here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just what they're attempting here and some of the language that they use. I do enjoy that yeah. that kind of stuff. You know, and so this this whole bit works. Yeah. If the whole movie would have been like this, it yeah. would have been so much more fun. Right. Or at least interesting. Donna is packing her bags and starts hearing noises. And then a uh, music hit startled everyone (laughs) more than anything. Uh, Timmy appears out of nowhere and stabs her in the gut. But she manages to get away and run into a sunflower field. Timmy chases her down and stabs her again. Um, Oh, so this is this is a thing that we completely skipped. And I never I I, I still have never figured out. Speaking of the sunflower Mm -hmm. uh, field, because earlier. When we get the scene with Donna making the masks, mm-hmm. Donna and Manny go out to the go out to like smoke a jay in, in the sunflowers mm-hmm. and they see something. I don't know what it is. Manny sees like bleeding sunflowers. Yeah. And then falls yeah. over and pierces his hand on something. Right. And then that's it. Like what's never really mm-hmm. discussed what any of that is. Right. Right. Did I just like, I, no, I never caught up with that. Yeah. yeah okay. We, we skipped over that in the description. Yeah, because but, it's, um, nothing happens there. He hurts his hand and that, yeah, that's bad. But like, I, what mm-hmm. did he see? He just saw like there was right. blood on sunflower. And then I did like to think it's like, oh, I'm too high for this. Yeah. That was funny. I, I thought that was funny, but it's still yeah. just like, well, what was that scene about then? I guess, you know, the sunflower is, you know, the place where they go to hang out. And, uh, you know, this is where she's going to, get stabbed Mm -hmm. and i think that's that's something too is that like because timmy doesn't really have a character Mm -hmm. like we we talked about in the other ones about what the goals of of the dead were right exactly and and make more make more dead but it seems like he's kind of you know he's writing a list and then he's going after it was this someone like he really liked when alive like they don't really Mm -hmm. flesh any of these relationships out with people they're too busy about just hitting these plot beats right than than having actual characters be in it. And so I don't know, like the, like him being mad at Judd. Sure. Okay. That, there's at least like a, a scintilla of an idea there of like, mm-hmm. you got, but you know, I, I had to go die in war and you fucker stayed here. Yeah. Um, there's something there, but that even then that seems to have explored all of that, that we're going to, sure. um, but yeah, so much of his other like stuff doesn't, they need to spend a lot more time with Timmy. Yeah. Like why does he go after Donna? Yeah. I know Timmy wasn't as buff as Judd, but we needed some right. <laughs> right. Um, cut back to Judd's dad. He's got an old evil book. Uh, kind of looks like his own book of the dead here with the way it's like drawn on the inside. Yeah. And you just get these like, again, like video game hints. It just says like, you must aim for the eyes. You know why? I don't know, but okay. The Native American guy mentions that too. Like, you know, aim, aim for the eyes. And mm-hmm. it's, it's maddening. Not just because we went from a scene of exposition dump to Henry Thomas finishing up that exposition dump in a different yeah. book. <laughs> right. Which is just dumb as hell. Yeah. But 
But the fact that like in, in an interview, Lindsay Anderson Beer had said, um, I think it was with Rue Morgue, had said um, that like, oh, I really like this. You know, I'm kind of a horror fan. And I like this one because it's not really clear like what they are when they come back. Are they zombies or not? You're trying real hard to make them zombies. Yeah. As soon as you say you got to hit them between the eyes or hit them in the eyes, you've made them zombies. Yeah. You're calling it like headshot. Yeah, you got to put one Classic in the brain. That's the only thing. way to stop it. That's a zombie. Mm-hmm. And that's. Yeah. That to me is so much less interesting than just what, you know, I know we ask questions about what these things are and what they do, but some of that was more just how they, how it was told. I don't necessarily want right. the full answer. Um, but in this case, doing that just felt like a, a bummer. Yeah. I, again, it's, I know it's the prequel to the 2019 one because they didn't, they gave Gage a shot and that was enough. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, Timmy Baderman is seen sucking on some meat right out of the fridge, just eating raw meat. Uh, Duchovny catches him, and I did like this little bit where he's just kind of not sure what to do about it. Where's Hendrix? Good. Is that his blood? Uh, No. Whether it be Duchovny's acting or just like a little bit of character right there. He's not full on regretting his decision, but he's just like, what do I do with my boy who is now eating raw meat out of the fridge? Yeah, like that boy ain't right. Yeah, yeah there that's, was a little that was, something it there. It was that exact scene where I went like, boy, I'd like just a whole movie of this. Of these two guys. Of this experiencing this. Now, again, like I already mentioned Death Dream. That would have been a lot like Death Dream in certain regards, but I wouldn't have minded mm-hmm. because I was I like David Duchovny. I like it with this guy. I totally just let me see this interaction play out. Let me see him make this realization that, boy, maybe Ray's arresting my dead son wasn't the best move. Mm-hmm. Notes that we've seen before, but just give me some sort of emotional depth to any of this, please. Right. Yeah. They put all the details together about the founding families. You know, you got your Ludlows, your Bacards, your Crandalls. Um, sometimes that kind of stuff works for mm-hmm. me. The the sins of the father stuff. <laughs> you do get a shot of the Biffer hell of a sniffer grave. I did enjoy right that. There. I did. I did enjoy that callback. And there was some kind of neat vocal effects in here for from uh, the like. I guess it's supposed to be like the, the Wendigo not speaking, but something like that here. Dan Crandall takes us on Judson to you know he's going to let him know because the book he was reading was like this journal is now yours. One day. It will be your son's. This was my book. Now it's going to be yours. And then you're going to give it to yeah. your son. Apparently his dad wrote it or something. Mm-hmm. And then so they go to the to the pet cemetery, the place where kids are burying their ki- their pets all the time. And it's not that big of a deal other than, you know, dead pets. That's a bummer. Yeah. But then all of a sudden, oh, Judd starts feeling weird. What is that? It'll do that. Gets in, in your head, messes, messes with your mind. That's why it prefers the dead put up less of a struggle it's like but whatever's here is not here it's the pet this is this part's fine it's the stuff beyond this that's bad and maybe it's a proximity thing i guess but then like no one's noticed this before or do you have to have that crandall blood to feel it oh yeah why aren't all the kids who bury their pets there or is it that like the kids can't you know, they're kids. They don't really understand what's going on. And so sure. maybe the masks mm-hmm. protect from that. I don't there know. There you go. It's all, I'm yeah. trying to make this interesting. But, you know, here here is where they did say that they built the deadfall mm-hmm. right there. Um, <laughs> Starring Nicholas Cage <laughs> and Michael B. Yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah. Uh, to keep people out of the woods. Um, to keep people from seeing deadfall. <laughs> Michael B. <laughs> <laughs> Nicholas Cage. Go watch deadfall. Do not. Um, yeah. <laughs> The uh, families all made a pact when the town was founded. 
they're really just driving this home. And uh, Manny gets home, finds all of Donna's art supplies strewn about. And oh, yeah, now we're at the hospital where Nora is. I forgot completely about this (laughs) character until right now. So Donna shows up looking pretty rough. Don't know why. Oh, she must have been buried in the pet cemetery after she was stabbed in the sunflowers. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, okay, bye. Timmy, our villain. And um, instead of a nurse taking care of her, poor Nora does have to start looking after her, which made me kind of laugh. I was just like, shouldn't there be nurses around looking after this poor woman? Right. But also, why is she there? Why is she coming after Norma? Yeah. That why is she drawn yeah. to the hospital There's, at all? I, they, you know, uh, a Manny made a, a joke earlier about how there were only, you know, being only like 150 people in the town. Right. Uh, why did you need to take her out? Well, also, it, has Donna and Norma interacted at all? In this movie, no, because Norma, don't Norma has, that, has been bitten by a dog immediately and is taken out. Like so, right. I mean, clearly, I think they, I guess they're they supposed might to know have each some, other, yeah, past because of the 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 well established friendship between the uh, Judd and Manny. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, it doesn't. She's just there for some reason because uh, yep. you you like everyone else forgot that Norma was in it, and we should probably do something, do something with, her. with her. Yeah, Nora tries to clean her up, uh, but the skin on her foot starts peeling back, which is a pretty decent uh, See, shot. I thought it looked cartoon. Tuny. Like though just the way that the oh, way the, yeah. the way though because it's like the, it's a neat idea but like it's it's a very CG effect which fine whatever but it's just like the mm-hmm. way the flesh was springy it just seemed kind of oh yeah I expect to kind of roll up like a like Elmer Fudd's cravat or whatever you, what do we call that where it's the it's the oh, bow yeah. tie and the uh huh yeah the cummerbund goes around the waist. Right. I think it is a cravat is right a cravat? there okay. underneath the jacket. Yeah. Yeah. Or just, it would roll up like a shade and it just sort of, right. I got that, that vibe from the foot thing. So. <laughs> but I do like um, how quickly it just, which I mean, she just died. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know, you know, I don't know how this black magic works. We don't know these rules. You know? Yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. well, okay, you're going to get, you're going to decompose a lot faster, but right. you know, I don't know. There's an odd character moment here when Donna accuses Norma. You hate the poor and the rich. And all the rest of us, so beneath you, so beneath you. And then Donna kills a nurse out of no, and then just runs after Norma. So I didn't know what she was trying to get there. You don't care for the rich or the yeah. poor, you know, that might've worked if Norma was a character, like, and we knew something about her. That's yeah, right. But sure. I did like when, when she cuts the nurse's throat, Norma is slapped with blood. Like they yes, whipped that, did that work. blood. It wasn't just sprayed on mm-hmm. her or whatever, but she just smacked in the face by blood. And I was, <laughs> I got a big chuckle out of me in a, in a good way. Like totally. I was like, I was not expecting that. So. Yeah. Yeah. They have a scuffle and Donna starts choking Norma out with a, with a crutch cut back to Bill. He gets to deliver a classic get off my properly property line <laughs> as uh, the dad approaches. Now, Bill, we can do this the hard way or the harder way. Get off my property. Bill, what have you done? I thought it only fair give me back my son. This is another uh, beefcake Judd gets out of the car and runs into the hospital and finds farm written in blood on the floor. Don't know why Judd wants to went to the hospital other than maybe just check on Norma, but he's getting out all anxious. So I guess he knows that Donna's there. Yeah, some I guess. Don't know. Judd pulls up and is he and his father squabble a second until Judd demands to go into the house. And uh, Bill says the plan is the two of them will rush in and save the two women while he holds 
Tommy down Jimmy. and they set fire to the place. And then Pam Greer shows up with an arsenal of rifles and hands them out. So we're, we've rushed headlong into our final sequence. Somehow everybody has to converge on the same space. And it's just, they've been training for this moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then David Duchovny's like, just basically says like, yeah, I was wrong. This was dumb. All right, let's kill him. You know, right. um, there's <laughs> yes. not even, there's no, yeah. like they, you don't feel any kind of emotional weight to any of it. You know, as much mm-hmm. as I didn't like, um, Lewis's performance in the first one, you, when it came time to, to, to do the deed that he brought it. Sure. Everyone starts talking around the house with uh, rifles raised. Uh, they find a spiral drawn over all the names in the family of the town. Timmy stands over the dead sheriff and uh lights something on fire because we're always lighting fire on uh pet cemetery movies mm-hmm. I, although i guess you know this would be the sequence in the first in the lambert version where they flash back and you see everybody running in and like setting fire to the yeah, house that was the that was the the men of the town no longer putting mm-hmm. up with timmy shit donna shows up all dead she starts slashing and manny pleads don't shoot her which i thought that moment was kind of effective mm-hmm. because he doesn't know yeah or at least nobody's told him. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know what Manny, I don't know what anybody knows yeah. actually yeah, yeah. at this point. But I did like him kind of pleading, like, please don't shoot her. Dad shoots her and then he gets to have the line. That wasn't Donna anymore, son. Sometimes dad is bad. Donna stabs the dad and then Manny, Manny shoots Donna. Mm-hmm. That was their big action sequence. A uh, big set piece in the kitchen. And I don't know. It sure is fast paced. Yep. That's all I can say for yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if I cared about any of these people, this might mean any something. of these characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They all go down into the basement to wait out the fire that they've just set mm-hmm. because <laughs> don't go out the front yeah, door. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, he says like we got to wait out this fire by going down into the basement. And I'm like, or you could go out or the front door, or the back and, door, and the, you just go. Hard to miss a house, particularly when it's yeah. on fire. You can usually see it, you know. Yeah, there's something about it that makes it noticeable. Yeah. They discover a tunnel and crawl around down uh, down there thinking like, I guess, Timmy dug this giant series of tunnels since he's been back. I guess. OK, right. That, again, lots, just like it lots. just feels so much more fantastical. I know this is a, a series about people rising from the dead, but it's like, what is happening here? Mm-hmm. He just like dug a bunch of escape tunnels like. Yeah. The, yeah. You know what? The, you know what? That was the, that's what the, the original was missing is it's, it focused too much on like grief yeah. and, and people's emotions and not enough about random tunnels tunnels that would make cool action set pieces that the problem is you can't see anything in these tunnels there's some squishy stuff down there and i thought at first that they discovered timmy's body down Mm -hmm. there and i was just like well where's the tension now but then i guess i realized that it was more just david duchovny having like flashbacks of timmy as a child yeah oh yeah yeah oh fuck that i got so mad here because i was so confused but like the flashbacks is of course him and his son playing catch because like again let's just do this shorthand let's just do this yeah you know Mm -hmm. what i'm saying by this i don't need to actually like do this i can just do these i don't need to actually present you with any sort of emotional realism or or relation with these people i can just do these signifiers and you get what i'm getting sure. at because that's right. all that matters Catch. is just going through the motions to get this out the door that's what i that's what i right. mean when i say that this movie is content like yeah, there's just yeah. no attempt made on any level to to other than just hit beats to do anything other than just mm-hmm. hit beats and it's so frustrating and frankly a little yeah. bit insulting which i think is why i'm so right. hard on this movie versus like Pumpkinhead four which like <laughs> sure but i think that is that where they find norma because like norma gets kidnapped and like is is trapped in something where like cement is falling on her or something she's just I in think the mud that's it yeah because, like, yeah so you just brought norma back 
to then put her in other danger. Like what? Right. Why do you have this character to give to give uh, Judd somebody to be concerned yeah, about? Well, he's already got his friend that's murdering people like you yeah, could have done a exactly. whole thing with that. It's it's sort of like the uh, um, actually done better in this, but in Armageddon where it's like, well, don't help <laughs> the entire planet. My girlfriend lives there. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, all of a sudden we're out in the woods like they go from the tunnels to the woods and there might have been a connecting shot there, but I missed it. Uh, looks like Timmy was moving unnaturally fast through the woods. That's the impression I got. Mm. Maybe they were trying to give him some sort of dead powers or something. Um, our guy Judd walks out into the swamp and Timmy attacks him and they fight in the water for a while. And then Manny shoots a flare at Timmy and blasts him in cross cutting with Nora digging herself out of the mud. Yeah. Nora and Judd now go back home. There's a montage at the end. And at the very end, we see Judd ending on the porch with a cigarette. Yeah, well, this is because he wanted to get out, but then he decided he needed to stay because, yeah. well, we, we left out that during the kitchen thing uh, that that his dad, Henry Thomas, gets stabbed through with a shotgun. Oh, yeah, right. Pumpkin, yeah. Like pumpkin head he style. He gets pumpkin headed. Yeah, stabbed right. through with a shotgun. And of course, you're not going to think about that when it comes time to bury a kid's dead cat. <laughs> um, you're not going to think about that at all. Uh, your dad getting stabbed with a shotgun. But um, so the, the big irony is that the, that they decide to stay because we need yeah. to make sure this doesn't happen again. But Manny gets to leave. Manny finds a way mm-hmm. out because there was like right. one line of dialogue about how he should leave. And so, oh, do you see like it's kind of ironic that it ended up this way? I don't I don't care. Good. He's good so altruistic, him. though. He wanted he wanted to help somebody. Yeah. And finally, he helped his best friend. That's true. That's that he true. used to hang out in this treehouse with yeah. maybe that's it but, uh, i'm glad danny's leaving good good luck leave this horrible yeah. place with these horrible people just get out of here manny go do something good yeah and it does end uh with uh someone says like uh stay the fuck out of ludlow and then a massive truck driving by yeah. as a bullet well, on he the also, scene he also of course has to say it because even though they've said it once they have to say but believe me when i say sometimes dead is better because again, you got to hit that yeah, beat. Because why? Yeah, let's not have that mean anything. Well, you know, other than just let's, you know, it means it's a it's a zombie movie, I guess. Right. It's frustrating because it's the source material that was there and what it's sort of built off of. It's not addressing other than the beats from it. It's not addressing any of that same kind of grief or emotional stuff like that. But it's also just as a standalone movie. This was like I'd never heard yeah. of Pet Cemetery. I'm going to go see this. It's just bad and doesn't make sense and is uninteresting. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that that that's a bummer. Yeah. And it's too bad because like, like I've said, and and I'm by no means defending the movie. It's just like, I, I get drawn into like easy folk horror tropes. Sure. Like I just like that stuff. Yeah, and so I can be a sucker for it, but it's just, none of us like came together and it just has this like sheen over it. Yeah. That just feels like we're just, we're just throwing this stuff in there. Right. Like, because I, we have I, to, it's not even like a, a pastiche of other movies. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. like it's, it just feels like, this is what a horror movie is supposed to kind of do. I feel like all the, the jump scares don't like a lot of them don't really work. Like they're just paced strange. I think the pacing of this movie mm-hmm. is throughout is, is ridiculous and it's just very well, very poorly put together. Yeah. And you know, um, it is, it is kind of funny though, because like, remember as we were talking about the remake and the masks and we were just like, well, does the rest of the town know about this? Mm-hmm. We, we are just kind of coming down hard on the first one, just being like, well, what does the mask mean? Is it just something cool for the end? We get a little bit of an explanation here for it. And we do get the explanation of, Oh, there is a town behind this, but it was so unsatisfying. It was absolutely. Yeah. I, I remember some of our 
previous conversations and we're just like, well, like, wouldn't it be better if there's like somebody, something behind this? Yeah. And then we get that story, but it was just pretty poorly executed. It was extremely poorly executed because like they references, well, there's this, this force that's doing it. Mm hmm. Okay, well, what that? What's explore that? No, no, it's just Timmy. Okay, yeah, like it's it's right. it's operating through yeah. Timmy. Well, that's there. Then there needs to be some bigger reckoning than just you kill Timmy, but you right. just shoot Timmy and he's dead, like with a flare. You know, oh, we stopped before it got too big. <laughs> then why even bring it up? You know what I mean? Like, right. why not just have it be in the background and be you know a little bit more that like maybe this thing is happening? Like I, I thought the first one or like the remake hinted at that a little bit better of like, this might be a thing is John Lithgow being like, this was a rumor. Could be this. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, yeah, it just gives it lip service and that's good enough. Apparently. Right. And obviously, as you alluded to all, the, you know, pet cemetery is about grief, even though I'm so tired of reading about or horror movies being about grief and trauma. Mm-hmm. But you know, that is the hallmark and, and the other movies achieved two different levels of it being a personal grief story. Whereas this is just, you know, it's either sins of the father or yeah. just like action. Yeah. I'd much, I, you know, I'd much rather, and we'll save it for the, um, for the wrap, but I'd much rather have Mary Lambert's wild and woolly part two. Mm-hmm. You know, like that just kind of went like, well, this we can't really explore all those same things. Let's just be let's get get silly with it versus this. Like this still has this like like you said, this sheen of like, quote unquote, elevated horror, like that it wants to be this Mm -hmm. serious, dark movie, but it's doing just the lamest stuff. And it's yeah, it's yeah, it just doesn't doesn't mesh well. What a bummer. Yeah. Um, Let's uh, honor our dead. Donna, played by Isabella LeBlanc, stabbed by Timmy. Hospital attendant, played by Ted Whittle. Neck broken by Donna. Nurse, played by Jude Benny. Throat slit by Donna. Marjorie Washburn, played by Pam Greer, stabbed by Timmy. Chief, played by Glenn Gould, killed by Timmy. Dan Crandall, played by Henry Thomas, stabbed in the back by Donna. Bill Baderman, played by David Duchovny, disemboweled by Timmy. All right, well, that does it for the four Pet Cemetery movies. We've come this far. We're going to do uh, one wrap-up. I'm going to try, and feel free to remind me, I'm going to try to watch death trap before we do or the wrap up so death that dream? I, death dream yeah. <laughs> is death trap a movie too I, probably there better be a movie called death trap yeah, right death dream but yeah, death trap um, fans be- listening right now are so pissed <laughs> <laughs> there's death trap one through five i've been waiting for you to cover them uh, there's a movie called death trap with christopher reeve and michael kane uh, well maybe i'll watch that too <laughs> yeah, I, yeah um, I, I don't think it's this it's oh it's a it's the prequel to saw no, uh, no. <laughs> right um but no, I, I, I'm very curious about Death Dream now. And yeah, so really maybe good. I'll try to watch that before so that the so that the audience can have two people just be like, why isn't what? Pet Cemetery Death <laughs> be Dream? This movie? How come it's not yeah. this movie? This is good criticism. What this I is good movie. The movie's not this movie. <laughs> Right. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm curious. Check it out. I will. I will like to applaud us, though, for um, mm-hmm. it's it's a bit humble that we didn't make the best joke ever 
which no oh, one's ever yes. thought of that, you know, I sometimes know dead is better yeah. with the series. Yeah. So for a um, franchise. Yeah. Yeah. So just, uh-huh. I, I know we're about ready. They're already planning to bring the award over for best, funniest, yeah. most original joke, but uh, we're not going to do it. So sorry. We're not going to go over there. Yeah. Not until the wrap. Uh, right. There you go. <laughs> so yeah, we're going to do uh, one more, our customary, like slightly shorter wrap up show where we talk about all four of them as a whole. And then for the Christmas season, even though, or his schedule is just a little bit off here. It's not really a good franchise of Christmas movies out there. We did it, after yeah. we covered uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night. And if you're newer to the show and want to get in the Christmas spirit, go back and listen to those Silent Night, Deadly Night shows. Those were a lot of fun. Um, I don't know if I'm going to watch any of those this Christmas season myself. Oh, I but am. oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> be be sure to let people know which ones you're going to jump into. I mean, it's going to be two. <laughs> Yeah, right. Because <laughs> if you watch two, you also watch one. You also watch one, yeah. right. But no, uh, I don't know why this occurred to me, but I figured out a justification for it. Uh, maybe just I wanted to go back and do one of the classics series that I know is just going to descend into kind of ma- uh, madness and schlock. But uh, And there's there's a, a returning guest that I'm hoping will come back to, to discuss one of these, actually. So we're going to dive into Tis the Season of the Birth of of Jesus. So we're going to watch the movie about the birth of Satan. So we're going to watch the omen. And I did check where you can watch all those. All four omen movies are on Hulu right now. So, um, and I believe there is a, some sort of sequel legacy or otherwise coming in April of 2024. So you know what that means. Emergency podcast. (laughs) Right. Um, so yeah, uh, look into the omen and follow along with us next time. I hope you've seen at least the first one. I don't, I don't think it picked up, but there were sirens going by. (laughs) when I said emergency podcast. Because oh, I was probably excellent. shooting in my neighborhood, but it worked well but, for this joke. So RIP hey, that guy. There you go. <laughs> no, <laughs> but we got the joke. Uh, um, yes, I have seen the first one, and that's it. I have seen the Omen, I th- and then think no other Omen. I think that's the same for me. Mainly, I really want to watch the Omen Part Three with Sam Neill. Yeah, that's part of the reason. Well, and then I, the only other thing I think I know about, other than Sam Neill being being in in one of them, is that they made a remake that I think came out. Yeah, it came out on, on June 6th, 2006. Oh, right. Yeah. Is that Omen 4? Well, it should be Omen 6. It's, but, it's just uh, a remake of the original one. So I think it's, I think there's... Maybe there's five of them I think there's then. five. Um, okay. Yes, there's four. They're not including the remake in, in this list, but there's four. And then there's the new one, the first Omen that's coming out in 2024. Six Omen movies, baby. Yeah. <laughs> we'll cover five of them. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, see what happens in April, unless it gets pushed back or something like that. But um, yeah, join us for the Omen after this uh, Pet Cemetery wrap up uh, coming to you next week. So in the meantime, you can find us at This May Hurt a Bit pod on instagram hurt a bit pod on youtube and email us at this may hurt a bit pod at gmail.com did you like these more recent pet cemetery movies did you like bloodlines and think that john and i are um uh wrong on all accounts Mm -hmm. let us know yeah i would love to know to be perfectly honest yes this one yeah this one is crummy but uh if anybody liked it I'm all ears yeah. for sure. And I think that's like, like I said, I think some of it is, it just, it, it bothers me so much more that it's based on something good. Well, it's based on something good. And that it's not just like, we don't have straight to video anymore. So I don't know how to do, you know, how to like set my expectations for that. And uh, I, I hear think you. That's, that yeah. might be part of it. All right, everyone. Uh, thanks for listening. And we will see you 
next week for the Pet Cemetery wrap-up. Good night. Good night. This has been a Two Penguins Media production. It was produced by James Strayer and edited by John C. Myers. Logo by Ethan Kimberling and music by Michael Arthur Holloway, who you can find on Bandcamp. Follow us on Instagram at thismayhurtabitpod and on Twitter at hurtabit. Email us at thismayhurtabit at gmail.com. And if you are so inclined, rate and review us on your favorite podcast app, and we'll see you next time.